morning. There's, there, was, there was an invitation already given, and like he said, we, we don't have to uh, wait till the end of service. You know, we don't, we don't bind ourselves by, uh, by time constraints and all that kind of stuff, so we, we've moved by the Holy Spirit. But it's good to see you all this morning. Good to see everybody here. Thank you all for coming. Um, do something a little different. Just take a couple minutes and tell three people around you good morning, because I know people get here on just whenever. Glad you're here. Glad everybody's here this morning. Yeah. Amen. Everybody's loosened up and awake. Everybody's that comfortable. <laughs> Good morning. <sighs> Me. Um, so, a couple other announcements that was not in the bulletin. But back on the back table, there is a form to fill out for a fundraiser for chocolate-covered strawberries. We did this last year and did pretty good on it for our building fund. And so Jenny texted me the other day, and they want to do it again. So she has got forms back there to people take with them, right? Take with you for other people to fill out, and then <clears throat> um, they'll have a chocolate-covered strawberry party to uh, here at some point to cover chocolate or to cover strawberries, and then people come pick them up. It was they had a fun time with it last year. <laughs> They uh they've done a lot they've done a lot so so I mean I, I appreciate her wanting to do that and take that up and and head that up because folks as we talked about you know we're growing we need more room we want more room we want God to move and you know this all is going to our building fund and you know it takes a lot of money to build out especially now times and you know the times we're in where everything is um, jacked up in prices and inflation but we got a God that's bigger than inflation don't we. And we're not looking to man to fund all this, I promise. But there's things we can do to help it out. And so if anybody has got an idea for a fundraiser at church, and, I, you know, and I'm not one, you know, the schools are bad about sending out fundraising. In our small town, you know, we just go around. It's like the same people buying all over and over again. And, and you know, that's not what we're wanting to do. We're not wanting to... Bleed everybody drives in the church. We want to get this out so other people can give into the ministry, okay? So if you got an idea about a fundraiser to, to help with a building fund, then by all means, come talk. We'll listen to it. We'll see what we can do, and, and we'll get this thing going and, and get that fund built up to where we can, we can grow as we need to grow and have things here that we need to have and, um, and just a place where people can feel welcome and, and just come and enjoy the Word of God. Enjoy their time here, and I, I, not like they don't now. We're not scrunched in here. There's plenty of open seats. But, you know, we still believe, and, we still, and we're going to talk about this morning faith. We still believe in faith that we're going to get to that time. We're going to get to that point. And, and we, need, we need better facilities to handle those kind of things. So um, that was the only other announcement this morning. So let's receive our offering. Amen? Yeah. Amen. As they get ready this morning, uh, Connie Cryer texted me and said that her and Brother Wayne were not feeling good this morning. He has, I guess, uh, caught the cough that she's been having and dealing with. So she asked for prayer and for them. And then Miss Pat asked, I don't, a lot of you remember Becky Moore that used to come here. Her nephew, uh, Hunter, had an appendix erupt, his appendix erupt, and, and so it caused gangrene. And so they're still trying to deal with that out of there. 
And so we need to remember him this morning, Hunter. Is there anything else that I forgot right now before we pray? All right. All right. Well, let's pray together and then we'll receive our offering. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this day and this time we get to come together and, and meet as one in the body of Christ and, and, and just sing praises to you and, and hear and learn from your word this morning, Father, that our faith will grow and that we'll grow closer to you in our walk each and every day. God, we just thank you for it. God, we just bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Wayne and Connie Cryer. God, is there at home not feeling good? We know that you are the great physician. We believe your word when it says by your stripes we're healed. And we're claiming that over them right now. That you touch and heal where they're at. And we pray for, for this, little, this man Hunter, this young man Hunter, God, that you touch him. And God, with this appendix erupted and, and the things that's going on with him, Father, you touch and move in that situation. They can get all that stuff out and, and he will be perfect and 100% whole and we thank you for it. Father, as we go forward, I ask you to bless this word that comes forth this morning like you already have. Father, that you give me boldness and, and, the, and the words to say as you've given me this week. And God, it comes forth and it goes forth on fertile ground. And God, that your word just produces in each in our life. God, we just thank you for these tithes and offerings this morning. That you bless and touch each and every one. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ain't nothing going to steal our joy this morning, right? Nothing at all. All right. Well, children can go to children's church. Adam running, running out the door. <laughs> all right. How many is ready to hear the word this morning? Amen. You come here to receive the word. Well, I come here this morning prepared to speak the word this morning. That's what God's given me to do. And so he's given me the, 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 the presence to speak the word. So I've been praying for you this week and today that you have the presence and the knowledge and the understanding and the openness to receive the word. Because if not, then why are we here? Right? So we're going to, because, you know, I guess because we're a non-denominational church, we're supposed to be a church of faith, right? And that's what people say, all non-denominational folks, all prosperity and faith and all that kind of stuff. Well, I believe that we do. We are a church that speaks and believes the faith that God's given us, right? And, and believes in that and, and speaks that. We talked about it last week about speaking those things out of our mouth, doing something. And, you know, as I was studying for this message this week, it... I seem to get this one phrase just over and over in my spirit. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? And, and so we're going to start this series this morning called Your Faith. I want to get personal this morning. I'm not talking about my faith. We are. Because I've had to search me this week and look at where my faith is. And, and where areas that I know is weak in faith in my life that I need to work on and grow in. And so we're going to talk about those things. How the, how, 
how much faith do we need? You know, how is, you know, how big do our, does our faith need to get? You know, if we don't watch it, and, I, and this is just my mind, we'll think of faith on a scale of like 1 to 10. And we'll look at people and say, well, they're probably up around that 9 or 10 range. Look at them. And we'll look at ourselves and me, because I'm harder on myself than I am other people, I'll look and say, I'm probably down one or two because I know, I know what I need to work on. And most of us are that way with, each, with ourselves because we know the weak areas in our life. And so we all need to work and grow in faith. There's nobody that's made it. There's nobody here on this planet Earth that can say, I'm so full of faith that I'm Lord. There's nobody that can. And nobody that ever will. Jesus was the only one that was as much God as He was man, right? The only perfect one. So He was full of faith. Full of the Holy Spirit. And how was He that way? Because He allowed Himself in His human body to be that way. He allowed Himself in His life to be that way. And so in Luke chapter 8, and we're only going to read verse 25, but it's, it's Jesus had His disciples go over and, and get into the boat and go to the other side. We all know the story. Jesus got on the boat and went to sleep. While he was asleep, we know the winds and the waves arose. And, and so the disciples got scared, as we all would do in our own life. When the winds and the waves and the problems of this life come, we get scared. And a lot of times we, don't, we, we turn to Jesus at the, when times are at the worst because we don't, we don't turn to him when times are good because we don't need faith then, do we? When times are good, it don't seem like we need faith. When, when things are going all right, we don't seem like we need that prayer line to God because everything's going good in our life right now. So we don't need to bother the Master, as the disciples told Jesus about some other people. No, don't bother the, the good teacher. Don't bother the Master. And, and so we wait until times are bad. So they run and woke Jesus up. And, and, and Jesus just woke up and just rebuked the winds and the waves and said, Peace be still, and everything went calm. You say, well, that's Jesus. He's the, you know, he was there when creation was, was in, in, put into form. He, he had the authority to do that. We have that same authority. But his disciples couldn't grasp it even though walking with him. Just by his side every day. And, and so in verse 25, he said, but he said to them, where is your faith? With a question mark. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? And I'm not talking about where is your faith on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm talking about where is your faith, yours. Because nowhere in the Bible, and we're going to read several stories as we go along, to where Jesus healed anybody or done anything to anybody or for anybody with His own faith. Jesus had faith enough to believe that God was going to have power to work through Him to heal those, to cleanse those, to do all those things and the miracles that he done. But what did he ask most everybody he come to that wanted healing or wanted something in their life? According to your faith, that be done. According to your faith. If there's areas in your life that are not to where they need to be in your spiritual life, in your home life, you need to look at your faith and what your faith is in. Is your faith in the job, the economy, the government, all the things around you, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Is your faith only in material things? Or is it in something much higher that when all these other things fail, we have something to look to? So we want to get personal and talk about where your faith is. 
Your faith. Not mine. I mean, I talk about mine. But I'm no more in faith. I have... How do we put this? Because I'm up here preaching does not mean I'm, I'm so full of faith that nothing can bother me, I promise. Nothing at all. There's people out in this world, in the church, that are so full of faith that I look up to them and say, I want to be where they are. Well, guess how they got there? They exercised their faith. They worked on their faith. They done what the Word of God says. So how many know what the definition in the Bible of what faith is? Does everybody know what it says? Anybody? Nobody. I know I've mentioned it. I know if you've been coming here longer than a year that you've heard David Carroll up here preaching it and say it numerous times. So we're going to read it this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. This is where we get the biblical definition of faith. Faith. Now. Now. Which was now then. Whenever Hebrews 11.1 1 was written, it's still now, now, because this is the living Word of God. So this is not past tense, this is present tense, now. So still now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is. So faith is the substance of things we want to grab and hold on to. And we see it out there, kind of. We know that we need to be praying for that. You know... We we look at faith for people, especially to believe for healing, right? That's one common thing. Or finances. Because it's something that we can physically touch, physically do. And that's great. That's that's what faith is, that we believe with God for healing. And, you know, I'm not going to stand up here and tell nobody to quit taking medicine because we're a faith-preaching, Bible-preaching church. Nowhere. I'm not. Trust me, yesterday I was helping a couple people move. And it was a fun move. It always is. I got told the other day, said, what is your weekend doing? I said, well, I'm helping some, some good friends of mine move. And said, well, you're a friend of a friend. That's for sure. Because <laughs> nobody likes moving. Nobody does. But anyway, so with the dust and everything around, my allergies just start bothering me. I'm slinging snot everywhere and sneezing all yesterday afternoon and, and all that stuff. And I had taken some allergy medicine. Finally took a Benadryl last night. About, so I was here for a little while, and it was about 7 o'clock, and I, you know, I've got tissue shoved up my nose. Everybody's done that, hadn't they? They get tired of it, just ball that tissue up and shove it up both nostrils. So if you ought to come in here about 7 last night and saw me, you'd have saw those up your nose, up my nose. And, and so, what happens a lot of times, because we, we teach faith, believe in faith, Believe in healing and believe in all this kind of stuff that the Word of God says. Condemnation will come. Right? So thought come to my mind. So you're going to preach on faith tomorrow. And you're going to on, you know, healing and what God can do for people. And you ain't even, you, you, you just taking medicine. You ain't even, God ain't healed you of this allergies. Of this snotty nose. And I knew it was the devil because it's condemnation. Because he wants to plant doubt in my heart and in my mind about what God's given me to preach this morning. And so, you know, I said, I took that and said, well, all right, well, you're right. And so I started praying, Father God, heal me of these allergies right now. Take these things away, dry this up, 
to where it don't bother me. Now I could give glory and honor to that last Benadryl that I took last night. Or I could give glory and honor to God because I prayed about it. And know that I didn't wake up this morning with a snotty nose. Benadryl only lasts so long. So I know it's God. You say, well, that's just simple. But yet, we don't ask God for the simple things because we don't want to bother the Master with our faith and believing in Him for what He's told us to ask Him. And, and believe in faith that He can do it until things get so out of whack and so wrong in our life that we wake up the Master just as the disciples did instead of taking care of it with the power that He's given us. And speaking His Word over those things and in faith and that substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things not seen. We haven't seen the ending of it yet. We don't know where it's going to turn out, but we know that it's in God's hands. So we know in faith that we, 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 it's the substance of those things. We're believing for those things to happen and we're going to see them, but we can't stop praying for them. We can't stop speaking in faith about it and, and get in doubt and unbelief and let fear, as Brad talked about, come in and steal all that stuff away from us because it's not where we want it to be yet. So we've got to get ourselves out of the way and believe in God and know that He can take care of us because it's faith. So how do we get faith? Does anybody know where that is? Come on, you preachers. Nobody. Romans ten seventeen. Y'all quiet this morning. Y'all here? Do I need to, y'all need to stand up and run around? Y'all good? Too comfortable in here? Romans ten seventeen. This is where faith, how we get faith. I, you cannot come up here this morning, and we're going to read this in a minute, and I lay my hands on you and say, God, give them faith, and you're going to get faith. That's not how it works. I can pray that you be more disciplined in your life and pray with you, and join our faith together that God will work and God will show you how, how you need to do and how, where you need to, you know, get rid of things out of your life that's hindering you from being at that place you need to be with Christ in a relationship with Him. But I can't pray faith in your life. Nobody can. And if somebody says they can, then they're wrong. Because nowhere in this Bible do they pray for faith for somebody else. Jesus never prayed for faith for somebody else. Well, He did so, Peter... He said, I, I pray that your faith not leave you or not weaken. So Jesus was praying for them. But he was praying that his faith not weaken. He prayed that he would stay strong. So I can't pray faith into you. So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing. Hearing starts here, doesn't it? And I know husbands and teenagers, teenagers especially, it starts there. Don't look at me so mad, Dawson. You know it's true. Hearing. Hearing. If we don't watch it, we'll hear like that, and it'll be here and then out here, and then we forget about it, like we do a lot of times when we come to church, and we're just here for just whatever. And we hear the Word of God, but we don't let it sink in. And don't let it get down in our spirit, man, to where it can produce and grow. So we hear it, and then walk away from it, because, yeah, it done me some good this morning. I didn't, I didn't, didn't feel the goosebumps this morning, so it didn't really do nothing. Everybody ever get there? I'm, I'm raising my hand because I haven't been up here preaching every year for the past 35 years we've been at Victor Fellowship. So I know how it is. And then the next Sunday when Daddy would get up here, what? everybody remember where we was at last Sunday? I'd be like, no. No. Because trust me, there's times where I have to go back and look at notes from where I was the Sunday before. And I'm the one that preached it. <laughs> 
You say, well, you don't believe what you're preaching. Yeah, I do. But you let other things get in the way and other things bog down and take place of where this, not my notes, but this should be. Okay? That's what we do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Not hearing by Facebook. Not hearing by YouTube or social media or Snapchat or whatever you're on. It's not hearing by that. Because there's not much faith that's going to go on there. There's not much faith talk. There's not much faith action. It's just everything else besides that. There's not much faith talk at work. Because everybody's griping and complaining about what's going on at work. We're not making enough. We're not doing enough. And, you know, it's just all that garbage that goes on. Faith don't come by hearing by the news every day either, does it? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So this morning, guess what? You're hearing the Word of God. So, if you allow yourself to believe what's being spoken this morning out of the living Word of God, and you let it sink in past your physical ear into your inner ear, when Jesus says to him that has ears, let him hear. When he says that, he's not talking about just these. Okay, it starts here. But it's got to sink down in here. To where it can come back out here when we talk. Right? So, we, we faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We will not see faith by any other way. So when you read the Bible every day, when you start to understand the Word of God, you're getting faith. Your faith is building. You're building on that faith that God has gave us because He says over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Paul's talking again and says, For I say... Through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. How much is a measure? I don't know. I, I, I know this. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've done that today, then you were given the same measure of faith as everybody else throughout history. You, God, God is not like <coughs> up there saying, I like them more and they're going to do more for me than this person, so I'm going to sprinkle more faith on them than here. And faith, believing in faith and acting on faith is not like some magic fairy dust or not like a, a genie in a lamp. We've seen those movies. We get three wishes, right? Well, I better not, you know, I don't know if I need to believe God for that or not. You know, because what if something else comes up? I can't believe Him for that. It don't work that way. There's no limit to how much we believe in God. There's no limit to how much we exercise our faith. There's no limit to that. It's not like we're going to run out. You know, some magical fairy dust that we're going to run out of because God's not just sprinkling around on us. He wants us to realize that we are people of faith. He, we had, so you, you had enough faith. To believe in a God you've never seen. To ask Him to forgive you of your sins that you can't even physically touch. Didn't do anything. You had enough faith to do that, but yet we don't have enough faith to believe God for other things in our life. You've done one of the most greatest things of faith that there is. You believed in a God you couldn't see. How much faith does it take to, to ask God to help in a, a marriage relationship or a child relationship or a job relationship or anything like that or healing, whatever it is, and we can physically see that, but yet we drop it because we don't want it. We don't want it. Sometimes we, 
We have to do things out of the ordinary to get uncomfortable in our life, to allow God to work and move as He needs to. To allow that. And the only time our faith is going to grow is when we get out of the ordinary. When we get, when we get into the uncomfortable parts of our life to where we can move those things out. Unforgiveness is one big one. That hinders us from, from growing in faith where we need to. We won't forgive that person next to us or that we see every day or that we're related to. But yet we want God to bless us all the time. We want our faith to grow. But we believe in a God we can't see. What did James say? James says, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother whom you have seen? So we've got to move things out of our life. If we're truly repentant, if we're truly repentful and, and God forgive us of our sins or forgive us of those things, then we're going to move and turn away from it and go a different direction. It's not going to be easy. Growing in faith is not easy. Just as we know physical exercise is not easy, especially as we get older, right? Things hurt more than they used to. Things that don't bend the way they used to. Different things like that. We know that. It's no different than our spiritual life. When we're believing God for things, we need to move our flesh out of the way. It's not easy. There can be growing things, times of hurt. And, and, and so, times where we're uncomfortable. But that's where we got to be in our life to have our faith grow and believe in a God that, that fully just gave us that measure of faith. And so... We come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There, there's, there's too many people in the church today. Not just this church. Every church that has their doors open this morning. And people are sitting in there that's been there for years. And do not know the Word of God as they need to. Have not let their faith grow as they need to. Have not grown in their faith. Have not let God work in their life as they need to. Because of pride and, and just the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. They've not done those things because they won't move out of the way and let God work. And so there's people in church that's been there for years, and, I, and I've been one of them at times, to where I didn't live by faith as I was called to do or needed to do, or God wanted me to do, and I knew what the Word of God says, but wanted to go my own way. And so when times of trouble come, people, in, people Bible-believing people fall apart, don't they? We've all seen it. And our physical reaction when bad things happen is to fall apart. Or we, or we get, you know, we, our emotions take over at times. But yet we always go back to where the Word of God is. And you can see it in people's lives that have lived their life by faith. Sure, it hurts. Sure, there's pain there. There's agony there. But I know where my Redeemer is. I know where my help comes from. I know that the Holy Spirit said that He was here to bring comfort and peace in my life and lead and guide me in all directions. And always. And so that's where we need to be. But there's too many in the body of Christ that are not because they would not allow themselves to build and grow themselves in faith and grow in, in the knowledge of the Word of God as they need to when it's being preached every Sunday, every Wednesday. But yet, we come and we hear some word and, you know, y'all know I'm not a long-winded preacher. Yet, I don't know what I'll grow into. It's only been a year. But we've got to get past ourselves. Got to get past ourselves. The disciples in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And I've only got verse 5 up there on the screen. Luke chapter 17. Is that what I said? Or did I say chapter 5? Luke chapter 17. 
Jesus is talking to his disciples or talking to the ones around him. And he said to his disciples, he's talking about offenses coming. And, you know, and not letting offenses come in your life. And take heed that you do not sin against your brother. And so, and about forgiving one another. About forgiving one another. That's what it says. And if, if he sins against you seven times a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. The next verse in verse 5. Disciples heard that, so they was going to be all religious as we get in church, don't we? We get in church and we, we, we can talk good. Talk good in church and not other people go to church with us. So that's what his disciples were doing right here in, in verse 5. And the apostles, disciples said to him, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. They prayed that God would, that Jesus would increase their faith. And Jesus, I'm sure, just like he was at numerous times with disciples, and gets the same way with us. It's like, do they not understand? Do they not read on? Do they not? Do they, have they not seen what's been done? Have they not heard what I've said to these people that I've that I, that God's healed through me? That I've said, you know, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Do they not see those things? And you know, there's nothing that he could do then to increase their faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's how we increase our faith. How you increase your faith every day is you get in the Word of God and you read it. And you understand it and you read it more. And you get into it more and you put these down more and you turn the TV off more. And you get into where you can get in a time with God as you need to in that prayer closet in your own time. And you spend time with Him in that relationship and stop worrying about a religion that people want to talk about. I don't like your religion. I don't have a religion. I have a relationship with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so he said, increase our faith. Well, in verse 6, Jesus says, if you have faith as a mustard seed. I looked up how big a mustard seed was. Anybody know? Tiny. It's a tenth of an inch, right? Tenth. 2.5 millimeters. A tenth of an inch is how big a mustard seed is. So how big does our faith have to be to believe in God? A mustard seed. It's not on a scale. It's not some huge thing. It's not a boulder. But a mustard seed. When we have seeds and it's coming up springtime, we're going to start planting again. Or people will. I probably will not. But what happens when you plant that seed? You plant it there, let it go. Or you plant it there, with the determination that I'm going to take care of that seed, and I'm going to tend to it, and I'm going to pull up all the weeds around it. I'm going to pull up all the bad things around it. I'm going to make sure my ground is fertile all the time and watered as it needs to be. And I'm going to let that little tenth of an inch seed grow into that mustard tree, right? That little bitty seed grow. And what happens when a tree grows? It produces more trees, doesn't it? It has things fall off and you see other trees grow up. And so with that little bitty seed, with that tenth of an inch seed as a grain of mustard seed, he said, you can say to this mulberry tree, you know, be rooted up right now and cast in the middle of the sea and it would obey you. And I'm sure just as when you read that, you're like, what does that have to do with anything? Why would I say to a tree or to anything, be, just go into the sea and it would listen to me physically. So I'm expected to physically have that happen. That's what Jesus said, didn't he? He wasn't talking spiritual things. He said, if you say to this tree, get rooted up, 
Go live in the sea and grow there. It would do it. It would obey you. Why? Because the power of God working through us. The power of the one that created the mulberry tree, created the seed that would make that mulberry tree, created all of that. He said, look, I've given you that power. I've given you that power. And so, he said, it'd be rooted up. But we have to allow ourselves to move those other things out of our life. We can't, in our minds, we can't fathom that. Even now, you read it and you're like, I don't, I don't understand. Why, why, would it, why would it matter? Why would it matter if I said to that tree, be moved? Why would it matter if you said to the problem in your life, in the name of Jesus, go? Right? I speak in faith. I'm not seeing the results of it right now, but I'm continually speaking faith that things are going to change. Things are going to be different in my life. This area of my life is going to be gone. My, my spouse, my, my children are going to come back to the knowledge of Christ as they need to in their life. And I'm going to, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to go on no matter what's going on around me. Why? Because we're taking care of our spiritual side of our life. We're watering things with the Word of God. We're getting all the other stuff out around us. What did Jesus do? We read it Wednesday night in our men's class. When He went into J. Iris' daughter's room. Jesus, they had people there to, you know, just wail and mourn and all the doubters and, you know, all that kind of stuff. He said, y'all got to go. Y'all got to go. Y'all got to get out of here because what God wants to do can't be done amongst all you doubting unbelievers. Can't be done. But when we allow ourselves to, to get all those things out of our life, turn everything off and listen to Him alone and get in the Word of God, hear the Word of God, then our faith is going to grow to where when the bad times come, we'll know where to go to. We'll know what to say and how to say it. And in faith and speak those things and know that God's going to work it out and God's going to move in our life. So we've got to take care of the seed that we planted. We've got to take care of the things in our life. We've got to pull up all the roots of the other things that's going on around us and take care of what God's given us. He's given all of us a measure of faith. All of us. The, all of us that accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. He's given us a measure of faith. And to grow in faith, we know that we've got to get into His Word. We've got to move everything else out and get into the Word of God. You know, that time with Him. Grow in our relationship with Him. Grow closer to Him. Grow closer to Him. And know that when we do those things, spend time in prayer. Spend time with Him. Our faith is growing. And you can feel it. I mean, I can. Just this past year especially, the time I've spent more in the Word of God and spend time with Him alone and come in here on Sunday mornings just ready to go, ready to speak the Word of God, ready to proclaim His goodness, and I, I can tell in my life, it, you know, I used to, I, I, called, I accepted to call a priest in 2005. Have I lived that way since 2005? Well, I know I have not. But thank God for His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness. That, that He just didn't boot me out and say, well, I'm not going to use you anymore. And He's not done that to anybody else either. And, and so, you know, so there was, there was plenty of times that I had chances to grow and, and stronger in faith and stronger in my relationship with Him, but chose other things. But I promise this year is like no other. Like no other. 
And, and, you know, one thing I'm mad at myself at is that I didn't do those same things back now that I was, I should have done back then when, when God called me to preach. And stay true to that. Stay, stay strong and stay firm in that. And so, but, like I said, God's grace and God's mercy, we get back to that place. If you're, if you're here this morning and, and you know that you have areas in your life you need to release and get rid of, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, whatever it is, I can pray that God forgive you of that. You can pray that God forgives you of that. Because it's your faith. It's your confession of faith. How did we get saved, right? It was by grace through faith, right? Through that faith that we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so the same God that saved us, the same God that's here now, is the same God that we just go to when our faith needs to be strengthened and we know what to do and what to say. And so the more we read, the more we come here, the more you'll be built up, the more you'll be excited to come here every time we come, and the more that we'll see the power of the Holy Spirit work and move in people's lives because they've got their self out of the way and let God move and work as He needs to. And not worry about anything else. Not worry about who's beside us or who's here or whatever. And we can live in love and harmony and unity and the body of Christ as He tells us to. Amen? Amen. Amen. We all stand this morning. I'll say it again today. As I say every week. If Jesus is not Lord of your life, Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where you can exercise some kind of faith in your life and believe in a God you've never seen to touch and move in areas in your life that you can see. Today's that day. Why wait? Why keep living in the same sin every day knowing it's wrong? Why keep doing those things? So the Bible calls us, especially if, if you have been born again, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. That price was was the blood of Jesus. We know that. And so, if you're if you're here today and you've you've been saved and you've walked away, then we can pray together that get back in that right relationship with Him, and start learning more about the Word of God and growing in those areas of your life and root up and get rid of all those weeds around you. And so, as we as we bow our heads this morning and just listen to the music that's played. Let the Holy Spirit work and move in your life this morning. Don't worry about anything else around. Don't do anything else. But look to God and let Him lead, guide, and direct your life this morning.